Hey friends, this is your friendly spoiler alert. If you are still in season one, please stop now or forever hold your tweets. We're trying to untangle the jingle from the jangle. It's easy if you listen with your heart. Welcome to The Real Housewives of Riverdale, the podcast where grown-ass adults take sexy teen murder mysteries just as seriously as you do. I'm your host, Cherie, and for this first part, it'll be me. Um, joining me later is fan favorite, fan favorite, fan favorite Ashley, and um, she's going to hop in later for, um, for segments and just kind of some general um, conversation after the recap. Sorry, there's so much background noise today. I have to move a lot of stuff around um turns out uh the front seat of your car is not the best place to podcast but that's the only quiet place I have in my life so it is what it is um all right so we're here today to discuss Riverdale season two episode 19 chapter 32 prisoners so this week's title comes from a 2015 Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal movie and it's about a guy whose daughter gets kidnapped and so that tells me that I will never watch this movie because now that I'm a parent, I simply cannot do movies where something bad happens to kids. It's a thing. I didn't think it was a thing until I became a mom, and I am telling you, it is a thing. I can't even listen to season one of Somebody Knows Something, like, the first five minutes of the episode, I was, like, in fetal position. So, season four is great, though. <laughs> listen to that uh, wherever you get your your podcasts. Um, but anyway, it's a thing. So... We're going to do things a little differently this time. Um, so Wednesday night when the show aired, I felt like total and complete dog shit. I had just gotten over my cold from last week and then the Golden State Killer was found that day. So I spent all day like centimeters away from my computer screen just staring at all the facts that we had, which was not a lot that day. A lot more have come out since then. Um, just things that tie everything together and I've been like... Uh, like it's hard to say you're a fanatic because it's obviously I'm not a fan of his like I I'm not a weirdo but like it has perplexed me for years at how somebody has killed so many people how a serial killer has gone this long without getting caught and then they fucking caught him I mean 42 years later they finally got him and I like I'm a huge my favorite murder fan I'm a, I'm a murderino from like way back and I I'm just so fucking stoked that they caught the guy. So I had a massive headache by the time I left work that day after I had, you know, stared at my computer screen so hard without blinking, I'm sure. So I took like a handful of ibuprofen. I don't know, it was like five or six. And then so once my headache went away, then my stomach hurt terribly because obviously like no human being should take that much ibuprofen um so I was not feeling it by the time um by the time Riverdale came on so I just didn't take frame for frame notes I thought this was an absolutely excellent episode I was on the edge of my seat the whole time even though I wanted to barf everywhere um so we do have a recap but it's just not the super detail oriented hour-long blabbing that you're used to I just really needed to go to bed instead of staying up all night pausing and describing or I was going to barf everywhere. So, um, just so you know, it's, it might not be as long this episode and Hey, maybe that's a win for you that you don't have to hear my nasal voice for like a full hour, but we'll see. So the episode opens at Midge's graveside funeral, which is a thing that I'm pretty sure only happens on movies and TV because every funeral I've ever attended or heard of was in a church or a funeral home. And then like the very close family, like immediate family goes to the graveside after. But anyway, the whole town is here, including the River Vixens who are wearing black cheerleader uniforms and black pom-poms that they just like have on hand. 
every time a dead cheerleader shows up, like, what the world? That's <laughs> so Riverdale. That is so Riverdale. Um, but anyway, Cheryl singing You'll Never Walk Alone from Carousel and Fear Not Haters of last week's episode. This is the only musical moment we get in the entire episode, unless you count Betty's, like, insane ringtone. But Cheryl is singing You'll Never Walk Alone to somebody whom I think we've seen her share one scene with the entire series, but sure. Um, And then she straight up calls out the lack of effective law enforcement in this town. And, like, no shit, dude. I agree. Like, so I tweeted that night, um... All I'm saying is Cheryl's got a point. The sheriff hasn't done shit. All, like, he's left all of his investigations up to a bunch of meddling kids to find out. And I got, like, one retweet because I guess, um, I guess my opinions were not shared amongst the community. But I stand by that. He has fucked up. So, sorry, Sheriff Keller. You are hot and you seem like an okay guy, except you're cheating on your wife, who is, like, in Bahrain, serving our country and putting her life on the line. So, that kind of makes you sleazeball. But you seem like a good dad. You're just not a good cop. That's all. So, speaking of, we cut to the sheriff's office where we get, like, a rotating camera showing our friends being interrogated by Sheriff Keller without a parent or a lawyer or any other, like, adult present (laughs) god so (laughs) Ethel admits tearfully that she did she did send the magazine cutout letters to Kevin but she wasn't planning on actually hurting anyone she's crying really hard and I feel really bad for her because at the end of the day these are children and her mom should be there god damn it um she just wanted the part of Carrie and I'm sure she's happy now that she didn't get her. She would have been stabbed to the wall like Piper Laurie, like like uh, Midge was. So, I mean, she dodged a bullet there. Um, rest in peace, Midge. Uh, when it's Archie's turn, he questions the sheriff instead of the other way around. And is like, so, bro, did you actually ever find any evidence linking Mr. Svensson to the Black Hood? Because, like... We found evidence linking him to the other murder happened that, you know, happened a long ass time ago, but really nothing tying him to the other shit. And I've just always had a feeling that maybe we got the wrong guy. And I think you might've killed somebody that wasn't responsible. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. And (laughs) Sheriff Keller is like, oh shit. I definitely just killed a guy without any evidence whoopsies Whew. Um, so later Betty and Jughead realized that Chick and Mr. Svensson's time at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy would have overlapped so maybe they were working together as a Black Hood team so um, they decide to go to the convent and shake Sister Woodhouse down and Betty once again god damn it Betty she once again threatens the nun with her knowledge with Betty's knowledge of a relative's abuse at their hands, but does absolutely nothing about the poor kids who are still there. Like, what about the kids still in conversion therapy? Like, Betty threatens to call the FBI, who's not going to do shit, by the way, but she threatens to call them. Do it anyway! You might not fucking know those kids, but they are still kids being tortured. What the fuck? And what about the pregnant girls who face corporal punishment? Like, let's work on getting them out please. Like just, just as a side project, just do what you can. You know, there are people that are being tortured there. Just, uh, okay. And that's, that's not like, I'm not being mean to the show or the writers. I'm just genuinely pissed off at Betty right now. I think they should shut that motherfucker down already. So anyway, sister could have sister Woodhouse confirms that a picture in Charles' file is indeed Charles, but definitely not Chick. I so want to know who the kid in the picture is in real life. Like, who submitted their pictures from that time, you know, they visited Alcatraz in the 70s for this prop because um, he's clearly like in a cell slash room, but <laughs> anyway, the kid in the picture has curly brown hair and his cheekbones 
do not look like they could slice deli meat as a side job, so this is definitely not chick. Um, the nun says that he, he does have some family resemblance, which you can't really tell because it's an old picture and, you know, everything's blurry, but we're supposed to believe that he does. So Betty and Jughead return to the Cooper house t- to confront Chick. They literally push him into a corner and motherfucker grabs a kitchen knife, starts wildly swinging, and then cuts Alice. He's, he, like, tries, he starts swinging the knife at Jughead, but Betty pulls out some fucking Buffy moves and knocks Chick the F out before he can, like, do any more damage. It is awesome. Like, that scene was nuts. There was blood splatter. <laughs> it was crazy. Also, Alice should probably go to the hospital. <laughs> She's probably hurt. She might need a tetanus shot after that. Um, who knows what they were, I think they showed actually when they were chopping up, um, why that knife was there, but I don't remember what it was, but what if it was like raw chicken or something, you know, like you're going to need to take your ass to the hospital and get a shot. All right, so we're going to move on, um, to Archie after promising Veronica that he specifically would not go to Mr. Svensson's house. Homie does it anyway and gets his ass kicked like beat up and kicked and then kidnapped by A from Pretty Little Liars who is apparently Nick St. Clair patron saint of the storyline that will not die (laughs) like okay this guy is like the actor very handsome very good looking guy his character is very skeezy very gossip girl but I'm kind of sick of seeing his sleazy ass already like can we be done with Nick fucking St. Clair already. Like, I hope he dies in season two. I hope he only breathes in season two. And I don't mean, like, die. Like, his character dies. Although that is, you know, not off the table. But I just hope that storyline dies. Because, Jesus. At the Pembroke, Veronica is laying some much-deserved shade on her parents, calling them Boris and Natasha. And then she gets a call from Archie's phone, except... It's not Archie, it's Nick, and he demands a cool million for Archie's ransom. And, like, they just throw around a million dollars like it's chump change in this episode. That's a lot of money, and I feel like it's a lot of money even for millionaire mobsters, but fine. This will get Nick both revenge for getting his legs broken by Hiram's goons and revenge for when Archie beat the fuck out of him in his dorm room, but will also garner him praise from his mobster father by making his bones. Like, it's been a decade since I've seen The Godfather, but at any given point in time, my husband has Goodfellas on our TV, so I feel like I know a little bit about the mob. (laughs) I have never once heard anyone say that they were going to make their bones. Is that a thing? Is that a thing they say in, like, The Sopranos? Because I never got to see that. We couldn't afford HBO, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, so until Veronica can deliver the money, Archie will be tied to a chair, which is going to be a big theme in this episode. Um, he's going to be tied to a chair surrounded by Nick and some other douchebags. And Veronica's parents refuse to pay this teen terrorist (laughs) or call the cops because it would set a precedent. He's not blood. And next they would come after Veronica fucking slime balls after all the shit Archie has done for them. I mean, he has spent this entire season pissing me off because of what he's willing to do for Hiram. And he cut his hand open and they became blood brothers. So like, yeah, he is blood motherfucker. Save him. What are you doing? In the Cooper's basement, Chick wakes up from Betty's, like, crushing blow earlier, and before he can realize it's happening, Betty just starts laying into him for answers, like, who is her real brother, and how did Chick know him, and Chick, like, wakes up a little bit, and he says that he met Charles on the street, and they moved into the flop house, well, he's, okay, so before this, he starts to be like, I am your brother, and she's like, bullshit, we fucking know it, stop with the, with the waterworks, just come clean, just tell us the truth. Why did you tell us you were Chick? And he's like, no, no, no. I am Chick. I never said I was Charles. I just said I was Chick. So Chick says that he met Charles on the street and they moved into um, the hostel. He calls it a flop house, but it's the hostel that we met him at. And Charles told Chick everything about the Coopers, this perfect family in Riverdale that gave him up for adoption. And Charles even came to the door once. 
but Alice shut it in his face. And I want to know the details of that. Like, did he pretend to be a salesman? Um, like, what what did he say when he opened the door? Because if he said, hey, I'm your son, surely when she met Chick, she would have been like, you're not my son. Some other kid came to my door one time and said that he was my son and it's not you. So, you know, we would have got more explanation on that. So why, what happened when he came to the door? I need to know that. Um, anyway, Alice shut it in his face and then Chick says that he OT'd on Jingle Jingle that night. I actually lol'd at that. Like, drug abuse and overdose is not funny, but the idea of someone ODing on pixie sticks is pretty hilarious. <laughs> it was just such a crazy sentence to come out of Chick's mouth. Um, Alice is just beyond a straw and pretty much a blubbering mess. So she goes to FPs, and I'm very concerned about how she got there because, like, I don't know if you've ever tried to drive while hysterically crying, but it's not easy. I've done it a couple of times, and it was not smart. Everything is very blurry. Um, you don't have any reaction time cause you're so in your head. Like it's a, it's a bad idea. <laughs> um, anyway, we finally get the confession that FP is Alice's baby daddy, just not chick's dad, but Charles's dad. Um, she tells him that she's responsible for their son's death and he wraps her up in a great big hug and this is like a big crazy dramatic scene. Um, FP doesn't have many lines but god damn if Skeet didn't knock it out of the park with his facial gymnastics as he reacted to Machen's Emmy campaign performance. I mean like they were both awesome. Um, okay so then we see Veronica hack into her parents safe where they apparently just hide like stacks on stacks on stacks and stupidly have her birthday as a combination. I mean, <laughs> like, you have a teenager in the house who constantly defies you. Yes, use her birthday as the combo to the safe. Whatever. Um, it's not enough. It's not going to be the full million dollars. But she packs it all up anyway in that bag from season one with the HL initials engraved in gold. And this is just their, their um, doing dirt money hiding bag you know like how on the middle they have the blue bag which is like their snacks when they go on road trips and like you know my house if you need if you need a bag you just throw all your shit in mama's purse because like that's what my family thinks my purse is for just everything in the free world um but they have a very specific bag that they do their um their like bribing and extortion with um goddamn family. Um, so she meets Nick at Pops and he shows her a picture of Archie's busted up face and even wore his must up hair. Oh, his hair looked terrible. <laughs> she hands over the bag of cash and he can tell from his studies at Supervillain Prep that just by the weight of the bag, it's not the quote unquote cool mill that he asked for, but that's okay. She can pay him another way with her vagina because this creep is more than the worst and apparently he just can't get laid by anyone I mean he's a good-looking dude you would think he wouldn't have to resort to um ransom that he could like get some on his own hell Cheryl was into it and she likes the V herself just saying so Betty's phone starts ringing and we know it's the black hood because it's that goddamn lollipop ringtone and he tells her that Chick lived in a den of sinners and he's murdered before. So Betty and Jughead check into the hostel for a night and then knock on exactly two doors by finding a very nice Hispanic woman to answer some questions for them. And she basically says, uh, yeah, there were two of them, a good one and a bad one. And the bad one killed the good one. Okay. So who is in the basement right now with Chick while they're on this field trip to Centerville is what I want to know because they're supposed to be watching him while Alice is off having like her um heart to heart with FP so they just left him alone in there like he could escape have you never watched any tv or movie or read a book before I mean come on they come back to the Cooper house chick didn't escape but Jughead just carries on the motif of punching the fuck out of tied up people that this episode is all about and wails on Chick for more answers that they just don't get. And he just keeps telling Betty that her real brother was a junkie. And 
they can't let Chick go because then he can narc on them about their involvement in, quote-unquote, the shady man, Dwayne. No matter what this person's job or lifestyle was, he was a human being with a name. They murdered and hid the body of Dwayne. Hashtag justice for Dwayne. The Black Hood calls and proposes that Betty deliver Chick directly to him so he can, you know, like, serial kill him. <laughs> and she lies to Jughead about it. Fuck. Just be honest. I mean, he's not making great decisions with you either. You know, the whole car in the lake situation. But stop lying. FP says he's learned something from that time he aided in the murder of Jason Blossom a few months ago, and he doesn't want Jughead wrapped up in anything like that. So they need to steer clear and let the Cooper women figure it out on their own, figure out their own shit, and then later they will help. I don't know. His speech didn't entirely make sense, so I don't know. Whatever. Um, Nick props Archie um, that he has tied to a chair as well. Um, he props him up in front of a laptop that will be live streaming Nick's suite from the five seasons where he'll be boning Veronica. But like, how does this abandoned warehouse have Wi-Fi? <laughs> I can't even get Wi-Fi in my house. <laughs> this abandoned building has enough internet to live stream. I just, I don't think so. Um, so... <laughs> Veronica very sadly puts on lipstick in her bedroom vanity before glancing at the locket that Archie gave her for Christmas. And we can tell she's just realized something. She gets a aha face. She goes to the five seasons and flirts with Nick. And she keeps looking at his champagne glass. So we know she's roofied him. It's obvious. Um, Archie is watching this and he Hulk smashes the desk that the laptop is sitting on. And... Um, and he knocks his chair over, which somehow allows him to escape. Like, they made it seem like, oh, it's obvious when you fall over backwards, you can get out of a chair that you're tied to. But I don't know that to be true. <laughs> that's not something that's in, like, my knowledge sets. So, and then there's, like, this one henchman that for some reason they keep focusing on his face. And I wonder if he'll be coming back later because, like, we don't see any of the other ones. But we see this dude. So... Archie clunks him over the head and escapes the warehouse altogether. He runs like he's in the fucking Olympics. Like, holy shit, Hussein Bolt over here. <laughs> he runs over to the Five Seasons. He beats down the door to find Nick Slate and Claire passed out on the ground because Veronica has indeed roofied him. And why in the hell didn't Veronica just step over Nick and open the door for Archie? Like, I bet breaking down a door with your shoulder hurts like a motherfucker. Like when she heard the first thing, she should have been like, it's fine. I'm going to open the door. Calm down. So they, Veronica and Archie tying Nick up to another fucking chair. And, and they even give him a black hood. <laughs> and, and then she calls his, his dad demanding their own ransom money. Another cool million in cash that she will later get to present to her parents like a cat who has killed a table full of mice for their humans. She is so damn proud of it. Um, somehow Betty still has the gun she stole from Miss Grundy. I thought Alice confiscated that and uh, I don't know. But anyway, while Alice is giving Hal the lowdown on all of the madness from the several la the last several episodes, she walks Chick to the cemetery. She holds the gun up to his face and asks him again what really happened to her brother, and he admits that he killed him. He says, I lost control. I didn't mean to hurt him. And we'll just accept this as truth and not ask any more questions because that's exactly what Betty wanted to hear. So to pay for his sins, the real Black Hood has arrived to get his murder on, and Chick says, no, if that was the real Black Hood, you'd be running right now, Betty. But nope, the Black Hood has never wanted to hurt Betty. He just manipulates her into doing his bidding, like offering up Chick, um, you know, breaking up a Jughead, being mean to Veronica, all that shit. So finally, after what felt like way too fucking long, Chick takes off running and the Black Hood gives chase with a very goofy but impressive run. Like, homie's in shape but his arms were kind of silly. <laughs> it was 
it was not quite the Phoebe run from Friends, but it was close. <laughs> um, in this whole time, Hermione has recruited Cheryl to write an op-ed demanding Sheriff Keller's resignation, which really pisses off Kevin. But she stands up for her opinion, and you know what, Kev? She's not wrong. Your dad sucks at his job. So he goes home, and he tries to convince his dad not to resign when they hear a noise. Someone has smashed the police cruiser's windshield and spray-painted Sheriff Killer on the side. Finally, someone with my theory. <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe the reason why he's so bad at his job is because he's the Black Hood. I know we leave this episode thinking it's gonna, it's definitely hell, but like, what if it's not? Maybe they're working together. I don't know. Eventually, the deputy mayor, who is like in charge after Sierra McCoy's own resignation, he's demanded, or she, I don't know, um, but the deputy mayor has demanded that the sheriff step down, and apparently, unless Fred wins the mayoral race, he is without a job. Bummer. So, um, maybe you could have actually done some for real police work and not left it to a bunch of meddling kids. Just, you know, maybe you should have watched cartoons in your childhood and known that lesson. Just saying. Um, Archie's pissed that Hiram didn't try to save him, but he, the logic here is so fucked up. He thinks maybe if he does this hip new thing that he's just heard about, you know, make his bones, maybe Hiram will actually be there for him the next time he gets kidnapped. And he, he wants to do it by taking down the black hood. Like, and of course he does. And Hiram is all too giddy to help Archie with whatever he needs in this quest. But why is Archie still trying to impress him? I mean, for fuck's sake, he did not come to your aid. Your 15-year-old girlfriend had to figure it out on her own because this grown-ass adult wouldn't help when it's, like, his reason why you're there. So, I mean, Archie's such a good-hearted boy he thinks, well, I just need to try harder. And then maybe the next time <laughs> I'm, I'm almost about to die, he'll want to help me. But baby, this is a toxic relationship. He is never going to help you because he's a bad, bad man. <sighs> Sweet baby angel. I need to hug Archie and homie needs the most therapy of anybody in the whole world. Betty comes home. Um, after delivering Chick to the Black Hood, and she finds Alice just a little wine drunk and crying on the stairs. And she, uh, Betty lies and says that she took Chick to the bus station until she realizes that Hal isn't home. She asks her mom where dad is, and she says, well, honey, he went to look for you. Oh, shit. Betty has figured it out. Hal is the Black Hood, and that's why he's never put her in direct danger and was all too happy to kill Chick because he has had it out for him since day one. Zzz, Riverdale. So, um, that's our recap for today. I know it's a little bit shorter than usual, but again, I was just way too sick to take detailed notes that night. So, um, but I will be back in a few seconds with Ashley and we'll, we will do segments. Hey guys, I'm here with Ashley. Hi! What's up? Okay, so before we even get started on this episode, um, I owe you an apology. Why? What happened? So, I think last week when we were talking about the second movie, we were talking about, um, whoa, that sounds weird. That's feedback. We probably should stop. Hold yeah. on. Pause. Okay, this is better. Okay. Okay, so um, I think we were talking about two different movies because you're right. There was a remake when we were in our 20s in 2013 with mm -hmm. Chloe Grace Moretz. Yes. And that's probably the one you saw. I saw both of them. You, the Sissy Say Spec. Yeah, the yeah, Sissy yeah, Say yeah, Spec. And then the Chloe Gross. Gross. Chloe Grace Moretz. And then I also saw so the, the, the rage. second. Yes. Okay, so the one, I didn't know there was a remake with. With mm -hmm. Chloe Grace Grossmore. Gross. <laughs> Chloe Gross. I bet she was gross by the end. Um, but 
I, I was just talking about the rage. So, but you were right. There was one in our twenties and I was all like, nah, <laughs> we were totally in eighth grade. I know it. <laughs> no, it's fun. Cause I was like, I'm pretty sure I saw one. Cause I actually really enjoyed the first one. So yeah. when they came out with the other one and I loved Chloe. So that's why I was like, I want to see this. Yeah. I like, I really want to see it now. Um, cause I, I didn't know it was a thing. Like I just happened to see it on IMDb last night when I was like looking stuff up. Um, okay. So what were, what are just like your initial thoughts of this episode? This is explicit, right? I can cuss in this. Oh yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. Holy <laughs> fuck. It's pretty much the it was, sum. It was like episode. a season finale episode. I know. Well, yes and no, because there's still a lot of open ended well, yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah. But like with the intensity. Oh my God. It was insane. First off, whenever Alice went to FP, I was like, yes, called it. And then whenever Hal ended up being the Black Hood, by the way, spoiler alert if you haven't watched, sorry. Whenever Hal was the Black Hood, or we they lit it up. Yeah. Betty's like face told us, oh my dad's the Black Hood. So yes. like they haven't explicitly said that yet, but it's we, obvious. Yeah. I mean, hello. Yeah. That was like, oh my god. And then whenever Betty went semi-dark Betty by turning chick over. <laughs> I was like jaw drop. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> and like there was just so many so many good things. And then whenever Archie just broke free of the chair and was like running his ass off. Holy down the shit. He was to like in the Olympics. Ronnie. Yeah. I was like, like that just made me, I'm sorry. Hopeless romantic here. Oh no. Loved it. You are such a Varchie shiver. Loved <laughs> it. I was like, duh. And then whenever she he was on the ground, I was like, oh shit. And then she said, No, I roofied him. I was like, Yeah. See, this is why we love Ronnie. Yeah, that's right why here. she kept looking at his champagne glass. I was like, oh, she put something in there. She mm. did something. What did you do? I was oh. I was very proud. But yeah, this yeah. entire episode was just like, holy fuck. Yes. And so, I feel like every episode just slowly gets better and better and better and better. Yeah. Especially from like season one. Like they're listening to the podcast. They're listening to the fans. <laughs> they're like, okay, we need to switch this shit up. This is not working. Yeah. Well, I mean, season one was like a completely different show. Because it, it, you could definitely tell they knew what was going to happen every episode. Mm -hmm. Where I feel like season two, they were just like, I don't know. And just started like throwing shit out there mm -hmm. and filming it. And the beginning of season two was a hot fucking mess. Where mm -hmm. like, it was like a garbage fire that you couldn't look away from. Because <laughs> it was just like, like, they didn't know what to do with Cheryl. They didn't know what to do with Kevin. And now they've got like big plot points and... The Black Hood thing was real shitty for a while, and it was not interesting, and then we got how many episodes without the Black Hood, and now it's, like, fully back, and I feel like this episode, like, I was sick as shit last night, and I was, like, obsessed. Like, Mind blown. Yeah, normally, I'm, like, if I'm sick, I'm, like, I don't fucking care. Stuff happened, whatever, but... I, like, yeah, all of it just, like, blew my mind. Um, it was insane. Yeah. It was awesome. It, it was really good. I was really impressed. Okay, fixed it. Okay. Um, so, for the most Archie Comics moment. Oh, there was somebody said something at the, towards the beginning of it. It was a wordage. It was right after she said, it was right after the Ronnie and Archie scene. Whenever she said, I couldn't bear or something like that mm -hmm. if something happened to you. And then it was right after. And I'm almost sure it was Jughead that said it. But Jughead said something. And I was like, oh, my God. That is so Archie. That is definitely really? an Archie moment. There was, a, there was a word that he said. Cahoots? Yes. <laughs> that word. <laughs> like, that stuck out to me. But I remember when he said cahoots. Well, that to me was just like, okay, that's definitely got to be an Archie comic yeah. word. Well, yeah. Um, my thing was like the funeral cheerleader uniforms because that does not exist outside of comic books. No, <laughs> you don't have special black uniforms for when you're one of your fallen dies. No, that was that was a little strange. Right. And whenever they opened it up with Cheryl singing, I was like, another musical yes. episode, yeah. That I, I hell, I was like, because I mean, I loved the musical episode because that's like who I am. But there were so many people that did not like it that I was like, oh, shit, they're going to be pissed. So, Well, I liked it. I just wasn't a fan of Cheryl's singing voice. Right, yeah. So if it would have been anybody else singing it, I didn't like totally fine. But because it was Cheryl, was like, mm, 
<laughs> Not another one. <laughs> Somebody recast her. Oh no! <laughs> or at least sing her like get like somebody else's voice yeah. with her body. That's what yeah. needs to happen, right? Um, Millie Vanilli, her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for um for the best blossom burn. Um, I mean, Veronica had a lot, but when she called her parents Boris and Natasha, I laughed hysterically. I was like, did she just make a Bullwinkle reference? (laughs) I was like, that is fucking awesome. It is. And only I've been immediately needed their help. (laughs) Yes. But what cracks me up is that I think only our generation or those that have actually watched Rocky and Bullwinkle Uh would have caught that reference. I wonder how many people like in their twenties or younger, like way over their head yeah because i mean that was like a 60s 70s cartoon it just happened to be on like nickelodeon when we were kids like they just happened to replay it yeah like all the time that's what we watched in the morning while we ate our cereal yeah it was rocky and bullwinkle right so and and like joey on full house always made jokes yes i mean so if you didn't catch that reference go watch it it was yes it was like the best cartoon yes i love it a little um, prejudiced against Russians, but that's where we are at mm-hmm. as a country. So, yep, little I bit. Mean, you know, fine. Okay, but the one that I picked from an actual blossom is when right after the funeral, um, Cheryl. That was one I was going to pick too. Sheriff. Yeah, I it, was like, damn. Yeah, your days of failing this town over and over again are numbered, Sheriff. It's like, holy shit. It's like, she's coming for blood. Yeah, she is. But you know what? She is not wrong. No, she's not. I mean, because, like, if you pay attention, obviously, if you watch the the show, show. how many dead bodies does Sheriff Keller have under his belt? And how many of those has he actually solved and put the murderer away? Right. No, it's always this group of meddling kids. It's the fucking Scoobies who solve it every time. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know. They should have a Scooby and a Riverdale crossover. (laughs) They did it with Supernatural, and it was right. fucking awesome. Right. They should do that with Riverdale. Oh, man. Like, Scooby-Doo meets the kids of Riverdale, or the kids of Riverdale take on the personalities of the Scooby-Doo characters. I think either one would be bought. Because Archie is totally Fred. Oh, God, yeah. Daphne is totally Veronica. Uh-huh. Um, Jughead is Shaggy, mm-hmm. and Betty is Velma. And Done. Kevin is Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kev! I, I mean, Vegas or Hot Dog, I guess, could be Scooby, but they don't talk. No, they don't. Kevin's the best part of Riverdale, so it makes sense. Well, Jughead could be Scooby. Yeah. Well, Scooby or Shaggy. I think he could be Shaggy. I think he should be Shaggy. I think so, too. Yes. He's too much, but his... This is going to sound so bad. He has bigger balls than Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Shaggy is a complete puss. <laughs> Down south, that means he's brave. For those Yankees up there that don't know what means having balls means. I think that's a pretty universal term. I hope so, but sometimes yeah. I'm just, I, I question what we say and people are like, yeah. what the, fuck, are like, what the fuck, fuck does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. I wonder how many people, when I say, like, bless their heart, think I really mean bless their heart <laughs> instead of, like, like, this fucking idiot. That is not a compliment, <laughs> honey. That's a backhanded, um... A backhanded compliment. I mean, like, a... a yeah, you suck, basically. Much. Oh, bless your heart. You poor thing, you must feel awful terrible. Right. Because you're so dumb. Because you're a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so for Good, Bad, Funnies, did you have, like, a specific good the whole episode. I know, right? <laughs> I had I had to stretch to pick like one singular good because all of it was just like awesome. oh my god. Yeah, this episode knocked it out of the park. Like it, this was a full blown jaw drop episode the whole time to where I had to rewind parts of it because I mm-hmm. listen a lot to the episodes. I don't necessarily watch, watch them. But there was a lot that I'd have to back up and be like, okay, what the fuck just happened? Right. No, yeah. There was um there are a couple times when I had to be like, "Did was that right? Did I see that right?" Mm-hmm. And go back and watch the closed captioning because, like, I need all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, my like the one thing I found that I like was like, "Oh, it was from the previous Leons." Um, they there was like a a blip of Moose helping Midge off that murder wall, 
And we didn't see that in last week's, right? No. I mean, I watched the episode twice. And no. And I don't remember him coming out there and being like, Midge, and no. trying to get her down. Mm-mm. They cut that part out if yeah. they had it last week because it ended with Midge on the wall, everybody running, running. out, chicks sitting there and just admiring mm. the work, and right. then Alice screaming her head off. Right. So, I have to assume that um, that was a deleted scene, but I thought that was really sweet. This poor moose. I know. And it's, I mean, he lost his beard. and <sighs> Poor baby angel. Okay, so um, for your bad, do you have a bad? I'm trying to think. I can never, ever pick out a bad because I'm just, <clears throat> I don't know, I just, I like the whole freaking thing. Right. There wasn't. My bad was just that fucking ringtone. I hate that ringtone. <laughs> I, I had a sing lollipop in fifth grade as part of like a, a school assembly thing that we did because it was our elementary school's 50th anniversary. So we did the 50s, even though 50 years before would have been the 40s, but whatever. Whatever. We did the 50s and like me and a few other girls wore poodle skirts and we got up and we did this like stupid dance and sang lollipop, lollipop, oh, lolly, lolly, lollipop. But um, bump, bump. So like... That was always a happy memory for me. Not anymore. I know. Now I associate it with a serial killer and like, Betty, change your fucking ringtone. Yeah. Like, I know it's, you want to have ringtones for specific people so you know who's calling and I guess like a serial killer would determine a specific ringtone. How the hell did she get Lollipop out of the Black Hood murder serial killer? That's what I want to know. What was she thinking? Yeah, instead of something that rings like, dun, dun, dun. Or like the Friday the 13th theme song. (laughs) 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 I mean, come on now. Like, my Halloween ringtone is scarier than that shit. Right. Well, not now. Now I associate it with being, like, fucking terrified. So... Mm That, oh shit, somebody's got that ringtone. Is the Black Hood calling? Who's calling? Right. Is it the Black Hood? <laughs> Why is the Black Hood calling? And also, you? who keeps their ringtone on? In like, the house. Like, not me. No, it's on. It's always on vibrate. Mm-hmm. Like, well, unless it's in my purse and we're going somewhere. I usually keep it on ring at the house because my girls have a very good time hiding mommy's phone. Oh, yeah. So, I have to keep it on ring at the house, but the second they are, like, in bed, it goes on silent, and it stays on silent until I get home from work. Right. Like, it never goes back on ring. But I'll put it on ring when I go to bed just because I'm, like terrified that my alarm's gonna be silent and I know that's not how it works mm-hmm. but it's like a paranoia thing where like oh so this morning you're gonna uh-huh. love this story you can cut this out it's fine <laughs> John's alarm went off my alarm went off and I've got mine going from like 5 30 yeah, yeah. like all the way up until 7 30 right uh-huh. snoozed every single one of them until like 7 15 and Audrey goes mommy the sun's up it's wake up time I'm sorry what Whoa. So if my lovely, beautiful daughter hadn't come in there and said, Mommy, it's wake up time. I may not have been at work today. My kid says wake up time too. That's funny. (laughs) She just, well, her bed's in a different place, but where it used to be on the back wall, she would stand on like the very edge of her like toddler bed or crib, whatever it is at that point in time, and scream into the baby monitor, Mama, it's wake up time. (laughs) I love it. Be like, uh, uh, huh. Huh. I'm up. I'm okay. Up. What? Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that alarm, sweetie, because yeah. it scared living daylights out of me. Yeah, that, that is scary. Kids are so fucking creepy for <laughs> yes. in the morning, too. <laughs> She's so happy. I know. What is wrong with them? <laughs> yes. They're so damn happy to be alive and awake. Like, <laughs> I'm like, Mama needs coffee, sweetie. It can't be right. that, I can't be that chipper right now. Mama no. needs lots of coffee and coffee. Oh, my God. I was, I mean, I, I like work real hard to not be a raging bitch to her specifically in the mornings. It's hard because she's annoying as hell <laughs> and slow. But by the time I made it to Allsup's to get a Mountain Dew because I was exhausted and I stopped drinking coffee, um, I, there, there were people here for like some ad competition that Tarleton's putting on Uh-oh. and everybody's here for fucking Goatchella for LJT mm-hmm. and I was Goatella. like I like that, that's <laughs> good <laughs> I like that <laughs> um, 
I was going to punch somebody in their fucking face. Oh, my God. They just kept opening the milk case that moves. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, moo. And I was like, I hate everybody. And I hate everything. And I hope everything catches on fire. Because I'm so done. I fucking hate this week. Yes. I live on. Beep. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, well, I had a love-hate relationship with this week. This week, mainly because of Coachella, as you yeah. so lovingly called it. <laughs> um, I hate it because of, one, all the cops, all the drunks, and all the half-naked mm-hmm. girls walking yes. around. Drives me crazy. I like it because I get to go to Walmart and make fun of them. Right. To their face, and they are so fucking hungover, they don't even realize what right. I'm saying. And two, all the cops are on beep. Yeah. So I can go 85 on 377 and nobody catches me. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm, instead, I'm stuck going through checkpoints on my way home in my, like, goddamn minivan. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just, I'm just trying to get home. Mm-hmm. And the only other way is to go, like, through Dublin. And then there's, like, a back way. But I feel like they're probably there, too. Oh, they are. Catching they, people going that way. Yes. So See, they, they have outsmarted mm-hmm. the drunks. Which drunks are actually pretty smart when it comes to not getting a ticket. Right. Except for when it comes to actually getting caught. Yeah. If they're caught, they're fucked. Right. But yeah, any any direction, like beep all their surrounding roads. Yeah. Like yeah. it's a massive circle within like ten miles. Yeah, no, it it blows. It takes for fucking ever to get home. And forever to get to work. And, of course, I'm always like, okay, this whole week I have to leave early because I have to get on the road because I have to go, like, below the speed limit for a good solid 10 miles. And I never remember. I always wake up the last minute. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, get in the fucking car before yeah. we ever get out on the road. And I hate yeah. Taylor. It is, like, for everything that you know about the, you know, Coachella or... Burning Man or Woodstock, Woodstock, or you know any any of the major festivals. It's like that, but with rednecks. Yeah, it's just it's like thousands upon thousands of college guys, nineteen-year-old rednecks, and people who are like rednecks and proud to be rednecks, and so they like go extra hard on that, and they like camp out there, so they're all fucking dirty, and they like they don't bathe, they don't bathe, they all like. Drunk and hungover. There's just porta potties and pissing in the trees, and it's shitting in the bushes. It is my literal nightmare. Like when I die, if I go to hell, that is my hell. I will just be at Larry Joe Taylor's forever. And I went one time yeah, just I'm to gone. see what it was about because yeah. it's like all of my friends from high school were like, "Oh yeah, Larry Joe's so much fun. You should mm-hmm. go. You should go." So finally, I went. I was maybe just turned 21 mm-hmm. and I went and I was already sick as a dog. I'd gotten free tickets, but I was like, fuck it. I got free tickets. I'm going to this shit. Right. Stony the Roost playing. I'm going. Mm-hmm. So I went and toughed it out, made it through like half the set. And then I started puking and couldn't stop. Yeah. So I left and the person I was there with didn't want to leave with me. So yeah, needless to say that relationship didn't last very long after that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, fuck you. But like it's there's girls out there with like those spaghetti bikini tops that just cover their nipples and mm-hmm. they make they wearing shorts that makes Daisy Dukes look like pants. Right. And then rain boots and bandanas mm-hmm. around their head and Mardi Gras. And by the way, to get a Mardi Gras bead, you have to flash somebody. Right, yeah. No, that's and it works for boys too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's wieners everywhere out there. Oh my god. I've seen I've seen more body parts out there than I have seen like anywhere else in my life put together and it's not fun like I know you're listening to this and you're like sounds like a party to me no Mm -mm. because there's also like chewing tobacco everywhere and 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 they're not good people like they're gross disgusting people throw beer cans in the crowd to knock people out yes like that's not safe and then and I was telling John I said I feel like it's a live episode of special victims unit because you know <laughs> people are getting raped right left, left and right, right. and yeah. they don't realize they're getting raped because they're so fucking drunk yes they don't know what the hell or what's going on they can't say no they can't even walk straight yeah i've seen guys pull like passed out girls into their tents and and like it's awful and the cops are right there mm-hmm. the cops but are they just can't watching do they won't do anything they won't do anything because they they make too much damn money off of it it's it is truly like the biggest slice of hell on this earth and what? it's it's all this weekend 
Okay, so funny. Sorry. <laughs> Back to Riverdale. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, we got, on, we got on a tangent. Man. Um, we hate Larry Joe, if you haven't guessed. Yes. So, <laughs> Back to something we love. On the funny. Um, oh, my gosh. I didn't really giggle that much. There was not a lot of jokes or anything. Mm-mm. The The one thing that I laughed at was not meant to be funny, but it's when Chick said that the real Charles died of a jingle jingle overdose. And yeah. I was like... <laughs> he that was more of a... Yeah, right. He OD'd on pixie sticks. Mm-hmm. Bitch, please. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Betty would have said that. Right. That would have been a line of this. Now, that one I, I would have laughed at. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not a funny episode. Not, not a lot of serious. funny parts. Yeah, no, a lot of serious shit going down. Okay, so um, any changes if you were in the writer's room? I was not a fan of, oh my god, Mr. Lodge, whatever the fuck his name is. Hiram. Thank you. I was not a fan of him saying that, yeah... Archie's not blood, so there's yeah. nothing we can do. I didn't like that part. I'm like, he's dating your daughter. He's covered your ass. He saved your ass. He sacrificed so much. She's done so many he's things done for you. So much, shit and for yet them he's too. not worth you saving. Right. Like that part pissed me off. That part really pissed me off. I think it was very illuminating to Hiram's character. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I've written that out, but yeah, I was like. This kid has done so much shit, put himself in so much danger. He blew up a motherfucking car for you. Mm-hmm. What the hell? You know? Yeah. I And apparently money means nothing to you people. Yeah. I mean, Hermione got a Glamourget egg, so. You know, that shit ain't cheap. Right. So a million dollars, maybe that is obviously a lot of money, but maybe that's not that much to him. And if it's enough to save a life at all, Mm -hmm. but also save the life of this kid who has done so fucking much for you that, yeah, it was terrible. Um, Hiram sucks. Yeah. Um, great. I went from liking him to hating him. Yeah. I don't know that I ever actually liked him. I kind of liked him a little. I was getting there. I was starting to. I mean, I love Mark Consuelos. Oh my God. He's hot. He is so hot, and he does a really good job mm-hmm. making me hate him. Um, he's a good actor. Mm-hmm. I just, God, what a dickhole character. <laughs> <laughs> my changes were, I would have either given, like, the FP speech to Jughead about how we're not going to do this. I learned from um, my stint with Jason Blossom, you know, that thing that happened a couple weeks ago. But I've somehow been in and out of prison <laughs> this time. Um, he, uh... I would have given that a few re- revisions because it didn't make sense. He was like, we're not going to help them. We're going to let them figure it out. And then we're going to help them. It's like. I think he meant like, we're going to let them figure it out. And once they figure it out, then we'll help, help them do what they what they want to do. Okay. But we're not going to help them figure it out. Okay. Like they have to do that part on their own. And then once they make up their mind and decide, okay, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Like saying, okay, well, we're going to actually move the couch from this wall to that wall. Then they'll come and help move the couch. <laughs> the couch being chick's dead yes. body. <laughs> but they're not going to necessarily say, well, you should move the couch over here mm-hmm. and do this with it. It, they're not, that's what he meant by like, okay. um, no, they're going to decide where to put the couch and then we're going to help them move the couch. And then we'll aid them in their murder. Yes. Okay. That's what he meant. Okay. Cause I was like, okay, well it's smart for him to say that they're not going to um, be an accessory to this crime. But then he said, then we'll help them. I'm like, does he mean like emotionally? Does he mean like recover from their crime? Like and what maybe, is he? Mean? I don't know. I don't know. So it, I don't know. I would have given that like another run through or I would have cut it out altogether. Cause I know there's a lot that ends up on the cutting room floor. And I feel like that's one that might've should have been cut for something better, mm-hmm. you know? And don't get me wrong. I love me some Jones men scenes. I will never forget when FP threw Jughead up against the wall and abused him. It wasn't one that I liked. No. But I do usually like when they either have a heart-to-heart or a fight or something because Cole's not the best actor, but, like, Skeet is, and they really draw that shit out, and it's it's usually really good, but that's one that left me confused and, like... Because I think Skeet can bring it out of Cole. I think so, too. Mm. I think so, too. Anytime Skeet's in a scene with anybody else... You can tell they're working their ass off to meet his level. Oh, God, yeah, because Skeet is freaking amazing when it comes to being an actor. Right. I mean, that scene with with Machen, with um, Alice, 
he did had like maybe two lines, but he stole that whole scene with just his face. Mm-hmm. Like when he was, you know, he was tearing up and like he was doing like facial gymnastics and like it was it was incredible. I from all the movies that I've seen with Skeet, it's like kind of like with um <clears throat> oh my god what was it like Heath Ledger uh-huh. they like literally lose themselves yes and they become the character yes like it was that level like that's mm-hmm. how Skeet is and whenever he's FP he's FP, FP. he's not right. Skeet Ulrich playing FP right he is FP yes he's not like sweet dad um Mm-mm. who's just like really hot right and kind of a goober and like picking lemons off his tree and stuff like no he's a hardened criminal an alcoholic who is sloppy and like yes Mm -hmm. he becomes fp jones and that is amazing um so let's jump into theories i mean so hal is definitely the black hood right they want you to think that and i really do think that but then part of me is like Oh, but there's three more episodes left. Yes. So, like, what's going to change in the next three episodes that's going to, like, that's going to make us doubt ourselves? Like, mm-hmm. I mean. Because right now we're like, oh, yeah, it's definitely Hal. And now, and I'm, I'm just afraid that, like, yes, it's Hal, but they're going to do a switch on us. So, they're yes. going to do something that we don't see but makes perfect sense. Right. Because at this point last season, we were like, oh, yeah, it's definitely FP that killed Jason. Mm-hmm. All the evidence supports it. He admitted to it. Like, you know. It's all there. But then they, like, blew us out of the water with Clifford. So what's what's going to happen between now and three weeks from now that we're like, oh, shit, it wasn't Hal all along. It was whoever. Yeah, you know. I still say it's Sheriff Keller. I do, too. <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> I still say it's Sheriff Keller. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just... no. I do, too. This morning, I was talking to Laura about it. Laura, a friend of the podcast. She was on Blackboard Jungle, if you want to listen to her say four words while I ramble on forever. Um, But she she was like, yeah, I just don't think it's Sheriff Keller. I'm like, well, they don't want you to think that right now. But there's still so much shit that ties him to everything. To, you know, killing the Candyman. To having all this evidence and doing nothing fucking with it to being backstage at the musical and I mean unless like Alice is working with him is Hal even smart enough to do that shit no I don't think so I mean maybe that was like in the composition notebook that he gave her or something you know maybe that was part of it maybe that'll be part of like our flashbacks to all the clues all the easter eggs but like I, I still just, think it's Sheriff Keller I do too I don't think it's Hal There's just something... I think they want us to think it's Hal, but it's not Hal. I do, too. I do, too. I want to be smart about this. And, I mean, it probably will be Hal, and we'll be like, oh, well, there you have it. It was Hal the whole time. And, but, (sighs) I don't know. There's just some shit about Sheriff Keller that makes me say, he, whoever spray-painted his car was right. It is Sheriff Killer. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Chick. No, Chick was taped. Yeah, Chick was um, busy being kidnapped at that point. Okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Sabrina news. Um, not a lot because they're in production, so there's not a lot of breaking news. But I somehow missed this earlier this month. But on April 4th, Roberto tweeted out the first picture from production. And it's this really sweet shot of Harvey and Sabrina. And I'm just so excited for it. That's all I can say. It just it got me really excited. Um, they just look adorable. Um, for Skeet's Dagram Corner, so this week's choice doesn't necessarily tie into any of the big players in this week's episode, but I would be very mistaken if I didn't pick the picture KJ posted of him playing with Kyogo. Is it Kyogo? I have no idea. I have no idea how to pronounce it because I'm not hip. I listen to, like, the um, soft adult hits music when <laughs> I listen to the radio, so, like... I don't fucking know what this guy's name is, but you played with him at Coachella last week. He was like on stage at Coachella playing guitar and it was fucking awesome. Um, or at least his pictures were, (laughs) um, so it's actually two. There's one of him like in a Van Halen shirt talking to this guy. And then there's another one of him on stage, like the pictures being taken behind him in front of the crowd. And, um, I don't know. It was just, it was really cool. It's such a big moment in this kid's life and Skeet's comment was um 
you are quickly becoming the legend, bro. Flex arm emoji and starburst explosion emoji. Like, bam. It was really sweet. It was just so kind and so supportive of, like, this very young cast member. I mean, I think he's only, like, 20. So He's not even legal to drink. Poor yeah. baby. Bless and his heart. I just love it. Yeah, bless his little heart. <laughs> <laughs> I really do mean bless his heart this time, though. Yeah, right? He's, um, when I'm talking about Archie and I say bless his heart, I mean it the other way. Yeah. <laughs> because usually I'm like, oh my God, this fucking moron. <laughs> We've got to get back into work. But all right, friends, I think that's it for this week. Um, I'll be back next week with a recap of Chapter 33, Shadow of a Doubt. You'll have a different lunch schedule, so we won't be able to do it next week. But I'll be here. Um, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. It helps everybody else find us. I didn't see any new reviews. Um, if you did post one, tweet at me, and uh, I'll read it on the air, but I didn't see any. So um, you can reach out to me on Twitter and Instagram at Shreebe, and that's C-H-E-R-I-E-E-B-E-E. -E -E -E. I know it's a stupid name. I didn't pick it. It was the 80s. My parents were high. I don't know. Um, Ashley is at... I, I changed my Instagram to where my Instagram and my Twitter now match. Perfect. So it's Ash John A S H J O H N one three. Perfect. Okay. And you can always email us at realhousewivesofriverdale at gmail.com if you think um, we got something wrong or you have something better. Or if you just want to talk about anything Riverdale related. Um, I talk too much. So be prepared for a windy response. And I'm sorry. Long windy? A winded. A long winded response. And don't say anything about Larry J. Taylor because that'll just get us off on another tangent. Oh, so let's yeah. Let's just not go there. Oh, we can go to Tangent Town real quick. But oh, anyway, Lord. have a good week, guys. We'll make the wind springtime and jingle jangle sing.